Hey guys, just before we get started, I want you to check out my latest Kickstarter, Gorilla My Dreams, The Sheep from the Ghost. Um, it's on Kickstarter now. We've already funded and we're starting to smash our way through stretch goals to making this comic book bigger and better. Check out the show notes for a link. And if you're interested in a depressed gorilla who fancies himself a superhero, check it out. This is a Turtle Boy Podcast. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Turtle Boy Podcast. I'm Big Tim. I'm Luke McWilliams. And what is the feature issue for tonight, Luke? Eastman Larratt's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, number 19, Tim. And the first one we can actually call Eastman and Larratt's for quite some time. But... In a while. That's for the second half. Yes. First things first. Oop, that's the empty one. For... Uh, the- <laughs> What does that sound like? <laughs> oh, where's the, where's the ones that aren't empty? We've been smashing them. <laughs> this half of the podcast is brought to you by Heineken Beers, guys. Cheers. Cheers, sir. Mmm. Yeah. Yum. Not the best, but pretty damn good. Oh, I don't mind a Heineken. Yeah. Crisp and clear. I mm. was drinking Heineken. Heineken was my beer before Fat Buddha. Lucky right. Buddha. Lucky Buddha. <laughs> Fat Buddha. I became Fat Buddha and started <laughs> drinking Lucky Buddha. What caused the transition? Don't know. Wow, you went somewhere then. There's, no, a, there's a story there. No, I'm not. You just can't remember it. Yeah, I just <laughs> I'll have to think about it. It was funny. Um, it might even be mm. how the bottles are so textile. Textile. Yeah, yeah. You know Ta- what I mean? Tactile? Tactile. Yeah, right. I, I, I remember learning in, a, in some sort of... A, bloody marketing class. Oh, I'm going to say class. May have been a podcast. Could have been course. May have been a YouTube right. video. <laughs> Could have been a dream. Could have been. Really where boring one. People are way more likely to buy something if you can get them to touch it. Oh. Right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, if you're just looking at things on the shelves but you mm. don't reach out and touch something, you, there's a less percentage chance that you'll buy it. Yeah. Whereas if you... Can you know, like when when I'm selling comics at a market or a show or something, when mm. I'm like, oh, feel free to flick through that. Once they pick it up and it's they've got that, that tactile. Yep. Well, they're creating a relationship with it. Yeah, we've spoken about this before. Like you know, I like to read and get my hands on stuff as opposed to being on the yeah. screen. But it is your is imprinting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, I'm getting more again talking about boring things. I'm getting more interested in um, the legal aspects of artwork yep. at the moment. Don't know what, uh, probably because I spent some time with my parents yep. and uh, went to the museum and all that sort of yep. stuff. And you wanted to smash a, a Monet over the top of someone's head. All that, yep, and lick a Van Gogh at the same time, because mm-hmm. you can over at the uh, National Gallery of Australia. Everyone, go and lick a Van Gogh. Just lick him. Just treat it like Willy Wonka's now, chocolate factory. is he the guy mm-hmm. from Doctor Who who cut his ear off? Yes. Excellent. <laughs> 
<laughs> anyway, um, it was the one Doctor Who episode that made me cry. They went back in time, yeah, because the, the modern day girl was liking the art. Yep. They went back in time to meet him. Yep, and she tells him that he becomes a success. Yeah, Completely and then he fucks history, and then he kills himself. Oh, but yeah, yeah, sad. Spoilers. Made me cry. Right, oh, it was a good one. It's, it's like ten years old or something by now. It's good, and and I think it was. Jeremy Spatz, Spates. He's actually a really good actor who played Van Gogh from memory. No, nah, no, nah, it was, a, it was, a, it was. Um... Anyway, go on about your okay. legal talk. And anyway, but this may or may not interest you, Tim. I'm interested. But do you know the difference between um, a Coke bottle and a Pepsi bottle? Ah, oh, yes. Well, I mean, it's not a trick question. No, you no, do no. You I, but you I do. do. I do because. I drink both Coke and Pepsi. Yeah, yeah, And so the Pepsi bottle has, it, it's got a kind of a, a spiral design to the bottle. Yeah, right. Right? And a Coke bottle is just like a straight down design. No, well, no, the Coke has got, has got curves. The Coke has got a hip to it. Oh, yeah, no, no. Yeah, okay. What I meant was the, oh, the, the, the actual, lines. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. The lines of the mould go straight down, whereas with the Pepsi one, it's right. a spiral instead of straight down, it's a spiral. But yeah. yes, you're right, there you're right. You and the Coke's curvy as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you think about it, you thought like a bottle is a bottle is a bottle, but these yeah. things are trademarks. Yeah. And so the design of them, just to look at it, but what you're talking about is also even, even further ingrained to our experience, which is touch and feel. Yeah. So I was just going for the shape, but you even went further and talked about the the tactile, textural feel of these things. Yeah, because that's the thing. Like, you know, I'll drink a bottle of Coke at work and then at lunchtime I will, um, you know, go grab a Pepsi. You yep. know, so I'm sitting there working and, and just using my sense of feel and not even really looking at the... Um, Isn't that crazy? Those yeah. things are trademarks. Yeah. And so you can't... Um, so Pepsi yeah. can't, can't do the old... Can't cur- do the curves. They body. had to try their own tricks. I think it's just really fascinating, especially since I've got a friend who's only five years younger than I am, but he said, well, he's more into pop culture than I am because he never grew up with it. Yeah, right. And he said, oh, man, my generation, we're just going to have digital files on hard drives, whereas you and I, we grew up with comic books and models and all this sort of stuff. Because, yeah, it's significant. Hmm. Now, the actor, I'm scrolling through hoping that, in his credits, it comes up as Doctor Who somewhere. Um, Doesn't because I may be mistaken. Don't tell me I'm mistaken because I oh love my him. God, numbers midnight. Da, 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 da. Anyway, let's forget about this. <laughs> that's a rabbit hole. But that's interesting. Yeah, no, but Heine- and um, yeah, Heineken's are just one of the crisp beers. I also like Peronis. Um, yeah, yep, yep, yeah. yeah good stuff. Anyway, I thought the actor was Tony Curran, but I there don't know. I don't, I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> now, what were we talking about? Oh, yeah, design, design. blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, so, what pop, co- pop, <laughs> what pop culture have you been consuming this week? Movies. So, my parents stayed for a week, yep. and um, during the day, I took them out. And um, I didn't take him out, but I took him around Canberra, which is always fun because I don't do much um, touristy things yeah. in Canberra. So yeah. never went to the Arbitrarium before. Arbitrarium, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Went there. Um, That's gorgeous up there. It yeah. is. But, you know, why would you need to go yeah. if you're not showing someone off or going to a wedding or something? Yeah. Went to Telstra Tower. Uh, went to the Botanic Gardens. 
you know, we've, yeah. got a, we've got a rainforest in Canberra. I didn't even... Yeah, yeah. You can't see it from the road and you can't see it from Telstra Tower. You know? yeah, yeah. But every night um, we watched a movie. And nice. so I showed them um, another round, which bought, which got an Oscar uh, as okay. an international movie. Have you seen that one? No, I don't think so. Mads Mikkelsen right. with um, he's the bad guy from Casino Royale, and so he's going through a um, midlife crisis. Debatably, the good guy off Star Wars Rogue One. Absolutely, and um, and it was interesting because I, I love the movie. I've seen it three times now, and each time I get a little bit more out of it. And so it begins with almost like locked off camera shots just to show a very stable, very boring life for this school teacher. Um, and things only start happening once the students get their um, parents on board to confront this guy saying, listen, we don't think you're very engaged with our students. Yeah, yeah. This is their important final year. We need you switched on, buddy. Yeah. So then he goes to a 40th birthday party of a fellow teacher yep. um, where they start asking, what's wrong? Like, what's wrong with your TPS reports? You know, and it's through that that he that he cracks a bit and says, oh, yeah, you know, the wife thinks I'm boring. Kids don't even acknowledge me anymore. Blah, yeah. blah, blah. This is happening at school. So he's almost like a frog in boiling water, not really understanding or being aware that, um, yeah, he's stuck in a rut. So the group decides to check this theory that we as human beings are running at a deficit of 0.05 alcohol content. Right. So if we get that percentage up throughout the day and becoming a day drinker, Monday to Friday, not beyond eight or on the weekends, that that's enough to naturally balance ourselves out in terms of alcohol intake yeah so then they start having nips during you know wackiness ensues and so you know things get better so his romantic life uh, his professional life all these sorts of things but then they start going hey let's push this further and then you know you can tell what happens yeah and uh we reviewed on the movie club.net right i always said i can see how this can be totally adaptable to British drinking culture. Yeah. Australian. Australian drinking culture, yeah. Yeah. And it's now being remade in America with Leonardo DiCaprio heading it. Right. And even though I go, ah, damn it, because it's so excellent, watching it again, you can really tell that it's a bit of a mixed message. Like, are they trying to say drinking alcohol is a good thing? Yeah. Or is it a bad thing? Yeah. Because it was supposed to be a celebration of alcohol and how historical events might have changed if it wasn't for alcohol because uh winston churchill absolute alcoholic yeah, yeah, but he's yeah. the dude who led us through world war Two. yeah you know and yep. so if he didn't you know do what he did yep. would we have been able to get through all that but then halfway through well four days into filming um the director's daughter who was helping him with uh with the script because she was bringing in her friend's experiences with alcohol um into the script died in a car crash not alcohol-related. A driver was distracted on his phone. Bang, dead. Young girl. So the classroom scenes actually featured her classmates and things. Yeah. So it's a mixed message. You don't really know where they're going yeah. with their thing. So I think with Leo and all of his drug-taking and alcohol-taking in The Wolf of Wall Street, you can see the highs of it, but then you can also see the crash at yeah, the end. Yeah. So I think it's going to be pretty good. Okay. So saw that. Saw the burnt orange heresy right. with Klaus Bang. And so it's about um, art and maybe forgery. Yeah. And then also saw um, The Last Vermeer with Klaus Bang <laughs> about art and maybe forgery. 
<laughs> which were they were great movies. And then um and yeah, just 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 every night, boom, 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 yeah. you know. And so I like uh, watching movies with my parents because that's where I guess my taste first came from, obviously. Yeah. But now they were adults. It's like, oh, did you like that? No, <laughs> that was horrible. <laughs> and my dad, bless him, like with um, Mads Mikkelsen, just. Going to work and just putting up with it and letting his appearance go a bit and just becoming depressed with just all that. Dad couldn't empathize with him at all. Yeah, right. Like, he was like, why didn't... I don't have any empathy whatsoever. Like, just change your life, change your job. I was like, you don't understand how some people can just go yeah. to work and yeah. get sick of the rat race? He goes, yeah. no. no. The thing is, bless him, Dad's just done his own thing always. And so he was an artist, he was a lecturer. Yeah. All that. One of the lucky ones. Yeah. Yeah. I just thought, shit, I could really see where yeah. this guy was heading. You yeah. know. Anyway. Yeah. But um, in terms of comic books or anything like that, I've been busy. Yeah. I've been playing host. I've had seven days of work, which was great. Yeah. And it was so good. Like, I went back to work um, for the last few days and my brain's fried. Like, I think I need another holiday yeah. just to depress myself again to get back into work. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. But I'm um, just, just seeing, just seeing good movies, especially since, excuse me, we just had the Oscars. Yep. And, you know, the ones I thought would win, won. Won. I don't think, um, I have no respect for the Oscars. Yeah. I mean, after finding out, you know, I mean, Weinstein did some horrific sexual assaults. He actually physically assaulted people to get, Oscars. Yeah. So the whole thing is complete bullshit. I mean, there's not even there's not even rules against accepting gifts. Mm. So, I mean, say for example, you know how someone gets a star on on the Broadway, yeah. you know, yeah. Walk of Fame. You actually have to pay for those. Yeah. So if you come up with seventy five thousand dollars, you just you just get you pay for it. Yeah. That's it. It's you not. Just, but it's not a celebration. It's yeah. not like you, we nominate you. And so for your years <clears> of. Yeah. Well, I mean, the the one I heard about was... Um, Adam West. Adam West. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where they had to campaign, regardless of the fact that he's been acting 50 years. Yeah. He was Batman. He played Batman, yeah. you know. He's icon yeah. one of the most iconic TV stars in the history of mankind. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, but yeah, they really had to push and raise money and yeah. all that sort of stuff to get Can it you done. imagine? You, you're walking... You're an actor. Uh, you've been doing it for 50 years. You're walking on Hollywood's Boulevard's... Walk of whatever it is, Walk of Fame, um, yeah. yeah, Walk whatever. of Shame, yeah. <laughs> and you see fucking Donald Duck, yeah, and go, he doesn't even exist. He's, he's a cartoon. A, he's, yeah, he's a... I'm not here. You know. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so with the Oscars, um, you have to campaign. You have to nom be nominate, or you have to nominate yourself. You have to get your producers. You know, oh shit, which category can this you know film win? For example, The Martian. Let's stick uh, The Martian in, in best comedy or comedy, musical. Yeah. And it won. Yeah. You know? Yep. And it's not a bit, and so it's that trickery, but it's also um, the the judges, the people on the panel, the people who do these things, they get gifts from yeah. multi-millionaires of uh, bags of watches and shit in them, and they accept them. Yeah. You know? And then you see who wins sometimes, and you think, all right, well, that was obviously a sympathy Oscar. Yeah. Or that was an Oscar for work that he should have got last year. Yeah. At the yeah. beginning of this year. And it's just all rubbish. But yeah. I mean, did you find any surprises? Dude, I didn't even look at it. Nah, see, yeah, I didn't P even People watch were talking it. about yeah. it and, and people were posting things, <clears throat> but I, I just skimmed past. I couldn't tell you. Uh, I think that Anthony Hopkins movie won a, won a script or, fair or something. I think it won, I mean, he best won adapted. Best Actor. Oh, yeah, Best, best script Adapted. adapted. 
Um, but I yeah. only just, I don't know why that one stood out to me, but yeah. um, that's the only one I knew. So no Nomadland, uh, that one best film, okay. and also best actress for the main actor, Jesus. <laughs> but it was a good film. Yeah. Um, but also I think it was like sort of a commentary on Monday America. I do remember you doing the podcast on mm. uh, themovieclub.net. Um, I don't tend to watch movies that, to me, are obvious Oscar movies. That's the thing. You know what you call those? Oscar bait. Oscar bait. Yeah. I nearly said that, but I wasn't sure if I was... No, no, that's it, that's it. ...phrases mixed up. Um, usually Oscar bait movies are ones where someone's dying of yeah. cancer or dementia. Yeah. And this year we had two dementia movies. Yeah, which you covered both movies in the one podcast. It was a rough... It was a rough, <laughs> rough one. Yeah. yeah. It was a rough listen too. But, but um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Nomadland is about um, this Frances McDormand, and she goes, nope, to traditional living, yep. gets into an RV... And um, and lives on the road. Yeah, right. Yeah, and uh, living on the road, you find your own community of people who come together and, and live in the same sort of, I guess you call them, well, RV parks. Yeah, 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 yeah. But then you have to go off and do seasonal work, and then you have to sort of follow the weather so yeah. you don't freeze to death. So on the one hand, are you free now that you, you're living on your own terms in a car, or are you not free because you still have to have this sort of structure you know, for protection. And it was yeah. very sad because... For protection. Well, for, I mean, for physical protection, yeah. but also not, not um, you know, for help. Yeah. So if you get a flat tire or... or we, so it becomes like a bartering system. So it's like a village almost, but yeah. like a, um, a, 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 a transportable village. Having not seen the film, mm-hmm. right, I would say that that sort of more, more borders on the more natural way of living yeah like you know, more honest way of living well like before white people came to Australia mm-hmm. and indigenous people would god okay I'm sorry if this isn't the case this is what I was taught as it was coming out I just thought uh you know is this um, you know white Australia policy or something but <laughs> But you know what I mean? Well, like, I'm backing like, away from you now. Yeah. So, uh, but, you know, you, uh, the native peoples in various countries would mm. travel around with the weather you know, oh. so that they could hunt, so that they could yeah. farm and pick fruit and things like that. Yeah, you know, which sort of, to me, sounds like this, this woman in her RV mm. is living a more pure... Yeah, sure, she's got to go around this circuit and follow the weather, yeah. but a more pure life than just in a city... And that's the struggle in the movie. So her family and friends, they're like, oh, who's this weirdo? What happened to you? She says, nothing happened to me. This is just how I, you're homeless. I'm not homeless. Yeah. I've got a home. It just yeah. moves, you know. But yeah, it's also, yeah. so yeah, it's got that going for it. But it's also got the, um, you know, the idea in America where healthcare is rubbish. Yeah. Um, yep. You're pretty much on your own. If yeah. you're not healthy and looking after yourself and um, you're done, you don't have these safety nets that we have. Yeah. Europe has, you know, um, and the idea of, but then again, with that, the idea of being American and free, you're like a cowboy, you know, you're independent and you can march, and that's fine if you've got money and if you're healthy, you know, all that's going on, but it's extremely quiet and, um, simple movie, you know, and so it's great. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not a, it's not a feel good movie. Neither is the father. It's, it's a, um, brutal look of being in the front seats of you know experiencing dementia well again having heard your reviews mm. you and marissa talking about it on the movieclub.net um it made me want to see the father yeah so i do actually want to have a look at that one. yeah yeah and seriously if, if there's only one dementia movie that you want to see 
Oh, this decade for me, mate. I'm, Make it the father. I don't enjoy it. No, yeah. no. But, um, I mean, Anthony Hopkins, he, he said, you know, he's never had any experience with it, um, you know, or, or knowing somebody with it. Um, but it is something that, you know, the majority of us have to face, you yeah. know, sooner or later. Yeah. So, a loved one, yourself maybe. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Yep, true, man. Mm. True. Um, I should have read some comic books to take the edge off. Yeah, like these no, all good. Movies. <laughs> all good, all good. Um, the first things I want to talk about I was consuming was a couple of podcasts. Oh, nice. Okay, so I got through, we've, we've discussed a couple of times the black book, uh, the black, black tapes. tapes. Yeah. So, <clears throat> I just got through season one mm. and have just started the first episode of season two. So I asked my, um to play the black tapes. Yes. And it started in season three. Right. And I went, no! And then I had an argument with my digital wife. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it, I, I, I couldn't get back onto the one. But this isn't a short series. This is an ongoing... Isn't it an anthology? Well, this, that's the thing. Yeah. Is the first season, you think she's investigating a number of different black tape mysteries. Right. She gets towards the second last episode and a bit of information drops. And she's like, wait, all these... Monster of the Week X-Files episodes are actually connected. Ah, cool. And yeah, then yeah, she yeah. confronts a guy in the last episode as, hang on, these aren't all just, these are all connected, aren't they? Mm. You know? And so I'm very keen to go into season two to see what, what's happening with that. But guys, yeah, the black tapes, get on it. Start from season one. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> because, yeah, yeah so it, it, is, it is what I thought was a freak of the week. It's, it's, it's actually turning out to be a long form Sounds good. Um, second podcast I've been listening to um, is called The Hidden Gin. The Hidden D-J-I-N-N. So is that a genie? Yes, that's a, the Middle Eastern yeah. um, a Muslim, uh, m- I'll say mythology of the mm. genie. Yeah, right. Okay. Now, season one was <clears throat> really interesting where she just talked about what the djinn are, mm. who they are, what they do, blah, 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 how not to piss them off. Yep. So this season two has just started, and she's actually starting to interview people who believe in the Muslim mythology of the djinn and believe they've had experiences and things like that. Oof, okay. So that's really cool. The first episode, which has just dropped this week of season two, is she's just having a chat with her husband. Who were, Her and her husband were both brought up in Muslim mm-hmm. uh, families, you know, and they had grandma saying, don't you go outside with wet hair or you'll upset the djinn. Right. You know what I mean? Stuff like that. So I'm really looking forward to this season two to see... Uh, you know what I mean? Like the people that they interview and things like so that. So is it a dramatisation or is no, it no, a documentary? It's a legit documentary. That sounds cool. Um, you know, I'm always very interested in mythology from other cultures and things, you know, yeah. so it's, it's, it's really cool. Awesome. So, yeah, the hidden djinn mm-hmm. and the black tapes. Cool. Excellent. Get on. And I watched two movies this week, which is a lot for me uh, during the week. <laughs> um, the first one I want to talk Pussy. about... And it just closed on me. Um, it's called Mayhem. It was on yeah. Shutter. Mm-hmm. Okay, it stars that nice Chinese boy from um, Walking Dead from Invincible. Oh, Glenn. Oh. So it stars him. Cool. Female lead is Weaving. Hang on, sorry. The guy from Walking, the Walking Dead. Dead. He was from Minari. He was from what? Minari, a really good movie. Oh, shit. No, it was a fantastic movie. Oh, okay. It was um, 
it was a it was a Korean American experience. So a Korean family in America moving mm. to rural America, chasing the American dream, and the controversy was that it was entered in as an international movie, yeah. as a foreign movie. When it was an American film, just with yeah, that, and the with filmmakers were like, cast. "You bastard! This couldn't be more. Could it be any more American?" Because yeah. um, they weren't even coming in from Korea; they were already in America, in America. and then they were moving inland. Yeah, you know? right. Okay. Oh no! I mean, I feel bad that um, we're referencing him from Walking Dead when he was amazing in this. Yeah, Minari. And now that you mention it. I do remember you guys talking about it on themovieclub.net. <laughs> See how seamlessly we're yeah, like Alan I love Jones. It. I love we're it. like Alan Jones, we just seamlessly. Yeah. And you know what else is annoying? When I don't have me four-wheel drive Mitsubishi <laughs> Mazda. Sorry, Tim, I've got parched throat. I'm just going to have some of this Heineken <laughs> drink. <laughs> click, 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 click. Ah. <laughs> wow, I feel actually more manly now, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> Themovieclub.net. Um, <laughs> oh, so, yeah, I do remember you talking about that one. Yeah, but yeah, anyway, yeah. this... So, was the shutter one called again? Mayhem. It stars... And I said Chinese, didn't I? Yeah. Fuck. The Korean guy... Is he Korean? Yes. From Invincible. Yep. He does the voice in Invincible and he's in Walking Dead and in, also in... Minari. Minari. Um, so, he's the lead in this movie, Mayhem. Cool. It's on Shutter. It was actually one of the flagpost movies when they launched Shudder. Oh, right. Okay, so it's been but, a while. Yeah, but I just never got around to watching it. Cool. The female lead is Weaving. Samara. Samara Weaving? Yes. Cool. I one. love Samara Weaving. Yep. Well, there's only three Weavings I know of. Well, isn't that that, um, that older Oscar-winning actress of Weaving? Shit. From, 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 from Kingdom? Of course. She's a Weaving as well. What? Jackie Weaver. Jackie Weaver. Oh, Weaver. Weaver. Yeah, yeah. Weaver. Close. Weaves. Weaving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Weaves. No, no. I love Samara Weaving. I think um, yeah, she's great. If Margot didn't get Harley, uh, Sam Webb, I reckon would be a shoe in. Okay, guys. Both these girls are in Hollywood right now. Mm-hmm. Make a movie where they're sisters. Yeah. Yeah. They both. Margot. Simone, what's her name? Samara. Fuck. She won't come. I was going to pitch him. I was going to say, yeah. Margot, Samara, I've got this film, let's make this film. But then she'll go, no, you call me Simone, bitch. I'm not coming to be in your movie. It's funny because they, they, they had the same sort of uh, trajectories. They yeah. were both in, yeah. I think, Home and Away? Well, well, wasn't one Home and Away and one Neighbours? I don't know. Which is the be- same. Over here, it's the same thing, guys. It was beyond my cutoff. Yeah. I stopped watching when Chris Hemsworth, I think he was in Summer Bay. <laughs> top was off already in their home went to the fridge to get some milk I was like I'm out not me <laughs> I, I, wasn't even, I wasn't even watching Home and Away at the time right but the episode aired and he, huh. his shirt was open and he, and he got that milk out and then my ears went up and I was like baby <laughs> baby channel 9 I don't know what's happening we need to go to channel 9 but you know because like you know, Home and Away had a little bit more sexiness because yeah, you had yeah, the, cause beach. the beach you had the beach whereas neighbours they had the to suburbs. go to a pool yeah. or something now doesn't matter I'm just going to the fridge yeah um <laughs> Mayhem. Mayhem. <laughs> On Shudder. It, it, it was a fun movie, okay? It's about... It's a horror? It's uh, a borderline comedy horror. Oh, cool. Okay. okay. Yep. Um, it's about... Actually, I need to look it up to see whether it was made before coronavirus or not because it's about a virus. And this building, yeah. this business block, goes mm. into lockdown mm. because there's this virus... 
that makes people act on their animal instincts. Oh. Yeah, so there's fucking, there's violence. Mm-hmm. That's all. <laughs> That's it. That's all. Because yeah. no one, there's nothing else, you know? Yeah. Um, and so, uh, yeah, at the very start of the movie, he gets fired. Yeah. And so he's packed, well, the security's brought him his shit, and he's about to go out the building, and then they're like, locked down. You know, there's police and stuff outside, won't let anyone out because this disease has been detected oh, that's in crazy. this building. Um, and so, yeah, so he's acting on animal instinct. Mm. She, she's acting on animal instinct, and they both got it in for the boss. Oh. <laughs> I can't empathise with this. This is alien to me. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? <laughs> um, now, did you see the Belco experiment? No, but, uh, but that was um, James Gunn. James Gunn. Right. Was that humorous? Because it looked pretty full on it was, to me. It was full on. Yeah. It's a great movie. Okay. I love it so much. It's full on. Mm. This doesn't quite reach that point of greatness. Yeah, right. I think because they went too much for the comedy angle. And they, they pulled back a bit. Yeah. Yeah, okay. You know, um, and so, I mean, yeah, there's, there's the violence and stuff, but I think by making a bit of a, bit of a comedy, a black comedy, mm. it took a bit of the edge off. Okay, that's a shame. I don't see but it's still can't... entertaining. Yeah, cool. It's still entertaining, so check that out, guys. Um, and check out The Belko Experiment. Mm. That's a freaking great movie. I don't know what it is for me. Like, like I've said before, and I, I, you know, having said pop culture, I watched an, another episode of Invincible. Yeah. Fuck me. Yeah. I, still haven't, Jesus I still Christ. haven't revisited the second episode. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, so, you haven't gone that far. Oh, look, just, just I've been busy. But, yeah. And then when I want to watch something, I just, I've been... It's just, just, something else. It's just these colourful characters getting torn to pieces. Yeah. And it's, it's rough. And I again, I don't know if it's because I'm old and busted or I, I don't know. It's funny. I just can't. I get really upset. <laughs> <you know>? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, and the second movie I watched this week was, um, what was it called? Wonky's Wonderland? Willie's Wonderland? Oh, Nicolas Cage? Yeah. How was that? Fun. Okay. So much fun. Cool. If you walk out of this movie, I'm going to I'm going to take an argument Luke mm-hmm. gave months ago. If you walk out of that movie and say it's dumb, right? Yeah. It's on you. That's like going to Batman mm-hmm. and when he comes out and saying this guy's in a fucking bat suit, this is bullshit. <laughs> it's on you. The poster has everything. Yeah. Nick Cage in a t-shirt with a bit of masking tape on his face covering up a scratch. It's got possessed dolls in the background. Hot teenagers in the foreground. You know what you're getting. Yeah. Okay. There's no, um, you know, this isn't a Del Toro horror film. You know what I mean? This yep. is just balls to the wall, crazy fun and games. Awesome. It was really fun. Uh, th- they did. We've talked uh, about you know films like Hellboy, mm. um, where they changed the blood out. They, you know, he hit him with a coin machine, and coins yep. went everywhere instead of blood. Yeah. In this. Because it's it's like um, uh, what's it called that that place in America? They take kids to go to parties. Um, Chuck E. Cheese. Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah. So it's like Chuck E. Cheese. They've got animated robots, mm. but the place is shut down um, because there's been people killed by the robots, mm. and so uh, Nick Cage through uh, comedy of errors not comedy, um, finds himself at the place for the day as a cleaner. Yep. And has to clean it. Yep. 
Because um, doesn't he have to like stay overnight for free if he cleans the place? Because his car's busted. Yeah. Okay, so that's the story. His car's busted. Mm. They're like, look, we can repair it. We'll do it for free because we're just a little five-house town. Mm. We'll do it for free, but you're going to have to clean that place overnight. Your mm. car will be ready in the morning. Easy. Um, and hilarity ensues. Cool. Um, but what was really cool was like, okay, so you've got these robots, these fluffy Muppet robots um, trying to kill him. And he dispatches of them, right? And when he does, it's just... There's this black oil splatting everywhere. Yeah, nice. Right? And it's not blood, but it's just as disturbing. He gets... And this is the only kill I'm going to spoil because it is brilliant. He gets the gorilla robot. Yeah. Right? He's cleaning the bathrooms, the toilets. And the gorilla comes in and tries to kill him. He gets the gorilla, puts his... Face down on the urinal and curb stomps the back of its head oh. on the urinal. And it's oh. just the black stuff just splats up on him and this sort of thing, man. And, dude, it was it was just a... a and, you know, I've, I've been... I've been there? I've been... No, I was going to say, <laughs> I've been avoiding, uh, you know, clarify... Clara, um, too many beers before the podcast. Yeah, I think. You know where I was saying, like, I don't want want to categorize that. Oh, it was a dumb, dumb film. Yeah, film. yeah, yeah. This was a good dumb film. Cool. You know what I mean? So it's like a good. You know, you're not going to get any uh, insight on the human condition. <laughs> uh, you're gonna you're gonna hear the story. You're gonna learn why the robots are doing what they they're doing, and you're gonna think to yourself, why didn't I think of that? Right. I, I just had a thought that I'd take off mic okay. about all this. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then you see Nick Cage smash smash Muppets. The thing you see is, teenagers get killed by Muppets. It's, it's not because why didn't you think of that? It's because, oh, that's a stupid idea. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, like that's something you would think of and we go, no, forget you that. You dismiss that. But no, no, what were you thinking? I was writing that down. wrote that movie was like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. If there's two guys talking, no, that's a dumb idea. It's the best one we got. Let's run with it. <laughs> um, I'll just pop that on a, on a, on a you know, post it. Yeah. yeah, so uh, that was a lot of fun. That was a lot of Nick fun. Nicholas Cage is funny, isn't he? Because he's, you know, he won an Oscar once. And, um, and he, you know, is he still an A-list? But he's been in so many B-grade movies, but we still remember his good stuff. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So... It's weird, you know? So you've got a whole generation of kids now going, ah, oh, so wacky Nick Cage movies. Like, yeah, 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 but we remember but he when he was... Because yeah. I, I was watching this and I was like, I feel like he still brings that same level of earnestness to the roles. Absolutely. You know what I mean? I like, even he when be... he's being wacky and crazy and stuff, yeah. it's it's this earnest level that if, if he wasn't fighting, um, you know, killer Muppets, mm. if he was fighting... Um, Nazis in Italy with a Mandalorian. Yeah, oh, Mandalorian. I, I was going to say street gangs and stuff. Yeah, you know what I mean. It, it would work because he's bringing that same level of, you know, oh, look, I don't. I'd rather not do this. I don't give a fuck. But you keep fucking with me. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, so yeah. if it wasn't <clears throat> Muppets, if it was something more realistic, then mm. it'd be like, bravo, bravo. But he's, but that's he's. I, I think he would be such a nice guy in real life. Yeah. You know, because I think he he thinks of himself as an actor. And like like you said, he, he gives it his all for anything, you know. And um, it's just a shame that he's doing all these movies because he's got horrific um, debts to the IRS. Yeah, right. Like he's $11 million in the black 
And you think, oh, yeah, pop out a couple of movies. But because his, you know, popularity has sunk down, um, he's doing a lot of work just to get that debt up, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. We should fucking trick him into coming over here to do a movie. Oh, fuck. Okay. Um, yeah, good idea. But um, <laughs> but I, I think he, but he's still great. You know, his greatness is still there. I mm. think people don't go to watch him out of sympathy. It's just to see Nick Cage because yeah. he still brings people to the yard. Yeah. Um, Mandy was a movie they did, I think, two years ago now. Yep. And that was, did you watch that one? I did watch that one. And Psychedelic. I, and I got very mad. Right. Because a lot of people, mm. both people I know, but then, you know, podcasts and things made a big deal about that cheese goblin. Yes. And I was expecting some sort of, because I was familiar with the cheese goblin from the ads back in the 80s or whatever it was. Really? Yeah. It was a thing, was it? Yeah, it was a thing. It was, that was, those, those were commercials. Shit. I had no idea. And when everyone was talking about it, I was mm. like, oh, okay, so the the, 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 the demon or the whatever, mm. the cosmic horror, kind of like the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man is mm. going to take on. But no, he was just there for like three seconds. Yeah, it was like a cameo. Yeah, and everyone was like, yeah, you know, making out that it was such a big deal. And mm. I was just like, you sons of bitches. It's weird, isn't it? Like, that happens quite a lot. Yeah. And, um, you know, like... Having grown up with stuff, like, say, for example, Star Wars, and um, that sort of movie has been mined over the years. So, like, Salacious Crumb, you know, oh, let's get a whole backstory. Do you remember him? You go, well, he was in the movie for, like, three seconds, yeah. and that's it. But then over time, they get mythologized. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but because of the internet and TikTok and all this sort of stuff, stuff is getting mined instantaneously, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. And it's getting a little bit too much limelight and people are making memes out of shit um, for stuff that's just pretty much new yeah. and really quite insignificant. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, How did you... Was was that on Shudder? What? The, the Nicolas Cage... Oh, no, no. Yeah, Last cool. night, yesterday was payday. Yep. Um, so I went to the mall after work and I just went, went to... the mall. Yep, cool. Yeah, as old people go to the mall. Yeah, yeah. Um, and just w- walk past Sanity... Oh. And they had, you know, I, I like to just stop and see what the new releases are. And they had two DVDs for 40 bucks or something. Yeah, right. So I grabbed Willy's Wonderland. Mm-hmm. And I grabbed that other movie you recommended that I haven't watched yet oh. with Kevin Costner. Yeah. And Martha from Batman vs. Superman. Oh. What's that one called? Get him back get him home or get something. him home take him home so i bought that as well but i haven't watched that did yet. i recommend that did i yeah oh it's grim i think it was i think it was actually that's i think when we were talking about me writing a revenge oh uh, cool, cool, cool. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. to watch this so. yeah yeah it's uh yeah <laughs> it's not a feel-good movie tim <laughs> but okay. it's very good it's very good yeah okay yeah so cool. yeah so so i bought i just bought those it was, it was payday um, part of my payday treating myself is usually at least going to the video stop, shop and having a look at yeah. the video shop. The, going to the, Sanity. The VHS Chope. Chope. Yeah. Um, and having a look. Now, did you hear in the news this week, <laughs> there was this woman yeah. who discovered she's got a warrant out for her arrest after yeah. 20 years mm. for not returning a VCR to in the States yeah. to a... Video place. It was called the video place. 
That this, was the rental store. This is the fucking plot to Les Miserables. Mm. You know, like a like a loaf of bread 20 years ago. Yeah. Like, get over it. Um, she, she, she went to renew her license. Yeah. And they were like, oh, no, you've got a felony against your name. You need to contact this number. And she contacted them and they're like, Sabrina the Teenage Witch was rented 20 years ago <laughs> and you never returned it. And was she that goes, a movie, was it, or a TV series? Well, I, I don't know. But, oh, I but she, she, yeah. It was funny because in the article, in the interview, she's saying, I, I don't, I've, I've never even heard of Samantha the Teenage Witch. <laughs> and look, I've never watched, the Teenage Yeah, I've never watched <laughs> Samantha the Teenage Witch and I'm like, ah. Oh. So, um, so she's in prison for a movie that well, she never it, watched. Well, it ended up, it ended up, you know, going to court now that they found her, but the judge was just like, oh, get out of here. But seriously, it could have gone either way. Yeah. You know, it yeah. could have been the principle of it, upholding the law, blah, blah, blah. How can you, dis- if you dismiss this, what about all this other stuff that other people do? Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and she was like, I don't know, maybe one of my, because she was in college 20 years ago. Mm. She said, maybe one of my roommates hired it on my card or something. She said, but I've never watched Sabrina the Teenage Witch. And she was like, I wonder how many jobs I've applied for when they've done a background check and I've got a felony, so I've just never gotten a job. Oh, shit. So, yeah. Ooh. I um, remember my my video store, my video shopping. Yep. Uh, where they said, oh, yeah, you owe $13. I said, why? And I said, you've, you've got a late fee. And, like, I never got a late fee for my movies because I, I was like clockwork. I said, well, what was the movie? And they told me. I said, no. I said, Luke, listen, I've got... Okay, that was my twin brother. He he used my account. Um, yeah, I'd like you to yeah, get rid of it. They said, all right, let me get this straight. I said, yes. He goes, you've got an evil twin brother. <laughs> an evil twin? Yes. Yep. That looks just like you, <laughs> who knows your password. Batman. And I just went, here's 15 bucks. Yeah. No, just, <laughs> okay. Uh, I had one time my buddies Duke and Lamy mm-hmm. come up and say, can we borrow your video card? Oh, yeah, okay. And I'm like, hey, you guys are my best friends. Mm-hmm. No worries. I'm a teenager, high school, you know. Yep. <clears throat> um, you guys are my best friends. Yeah, go for it, you know. Mm-hmm. I trust you. About a month later, yeah. mum gets off the phone. She says, Tim, what's the girls of Double D? <laughs> and I'm like, what? <laughs> she said, that was the video store saying that, you rented the girls of Double D, and it's been three weeks overdue. And I was like, "Oh, I know." Just on the spot, I just made. Some, I said, "Oh, look, it's it's just a a PG comedy about you know uh, these people who work in a bikini store." Right. I said, "Yeah, it's a little bit racy, but it's nothing to worry about." The girls of Dungeons and Dragons. Too. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's what I should have said. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. And then I fuck, I jumped on the phone to Lamy, and I was like, "You motherfucker, <laughs> get that video and take it back." He goes, "Oh, I left it at Duke's place." <laughs> Duke, you motherfucker, get that shit back. Oh, I took it to my cousin's place. Oh, fuck! Come oh. on, guys. But they did. They did end up once they found out that that mum was going to put me in trouble. They tracked it down and got it back good but yeah can you right. imagine this it'll be 20 years later and then i get arrested for the girls of double d oh. and they can't get it from Duke. i had an afterlife uh... now and they'd have to go to western australia to get it off lamy <laughs> me and lamy in jail together yep and the girls of double d yeah and i didn't even watch it so it, it was a porn obviously yeah, yeah. just for but those who weren't paying attention it was but i never even got to i never even watched it those, so i don't even know not that i know but those <laughs> sorts of pornos they're not even made to be soft core they're just edited so the hard bits are cut out yeah and then to get the get the running time better 
not that I've ever seen one. Um, they just repeat scenes of yeah. moaning and just stretch it on. Yeah, right. shit. I um I had a Spider Man like it came out. I got it. Had it open on the ta- a coffee table. Walked out. Came back. My brother's dog had just mauled it to pieces. Oh. So the tape went everywhere and everything. And then um I took it to the video store. I said, "Well, the good news is it's not late." And the guy opened it. Just went, "Oh shit!" And I said, "Well, you know, how much are these things?" He goes, "Oh." 20 bucks. So, all right. Yeah. You know. I remember buying um, The Amazing Spider-Man mm-hmm. you know, in recent years. How old is that? That's 10 years? Oh, God. Yeah, I'd say 10-ish. Yeah, because yeah. the first one was around 2000. Yeah, definitely. Right? The yeah. very first. Mm. So, yeah, I bought The Amazing one. The first one with Garfield in it. Yep. I can get 2010. And I bought it. I came home because, again, it was at the supermarket, mm-hmm. you know, groceries. I came home, put away the groceries. Sat down to watch my Spider-Man movie. Mm-hmm. Where's my Spider-Man movie? Couldn't find it anywhere. Mm. Looked everywhere, high and low. Ripped the place apart. Couldn't find it. Mm. About three days later, finished dinner. I go to the freezer to get an ice cream out. Spider-Man DVD in the freezer. It worked. <laughs> I got it out. I got it out. It's like, oh crap! And I said, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll let it go for a while just to, so it can get yeah. to room temperature. And I put it in. Mwah, worked. I'm um because I'm nostalgic for the video stores but I think we've just come up with some really good reasons as to never have them again yeah yeah yeah. alright well I think that might do it for our first half absolutely okay um, we're just going to stop for a couple of uh, sponsored ads segments yep commercials yeah a couple of commercials uh, stick around and listen about listen to some messages about kickstarters excellent this is a Turtle Boy Podcast. Hey, Turtle Boy Podcast listeners. This is Nathan Luth, illustrator of Impure Blood. It's a steam fantasy epic about a mysterious young woman who frees a half-human gladiator because she believes he can lead her to the last full-blooded member of his ancient mystical people. If you like Girl Genius, Dungeons & Dragons, or Full Metal Alchemist, I know you will love Impure Blood. Now, live on Kickstarter. What would you do if you had the powers of a god? What would you do if the gods wanted that power back? This land is a post-apocalyptic reimagining of a world's relationship with its gods and how the future looks to the past to rebuild its present. Kia ora, hello. I'm Mark Abnett, Miller World writer and creator of This Land. In February this year, over 220 people from around the world helped launch our Issue 1 Kickstarter, which has already been fulfilled. Issue 2 is available now, and if you missed out last time on Issue 1, it's there for you as well. Go to Kickstarter search bar and type in This Land now. This is a Turtle Boy Podcast. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Welcome Hey guys, welcome back. Hope you enjoyed those uh, sponsored advertisements. Yes. They were good. Yeah. I liked them. Look. Um, I, to be completely honest, I know one of them. I'm mm-hmm. backing that Kickstarter. The other one, we just got the message as we were about to start recording. I haven't had a chance to check it out yet, but I'm sure it's great. I'm sure it's great. Um, as I've often said, maybe even every week, Kickstarter is where you're going to get the fresh voices. Um, if you're tired of the usual superhero smash em up comic books, mm-hmm. which personally I never get tired of. But look, some people do, man. After Well... The thing is, I mean, that's that's where my take on Knockaround Guy comes from, is after 25, 30 years of reading superhero comics from 
primarily Marvel, but Marvel and DC, you get to a point where you're like, yeah, I've, I've, I've read this story before. Yeah. Even yeah. in the same in Captain America. <clears throat> you know what I mean? It's like, okay, I've read this story 20 years ago in Captain America, yep. you know, um, because they're not really necessarily relying on the same people reading now as 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and or, you've changed or, as well. some would say that that's all they're relying on because mm. a lot of it's not very accessible to new, younger readers. Yep. Um, so... Both sides of the argument. But what I'm saying, because we just took a tangent, is um, Kickstarter. You know, you've got your young up-and-coming writers, your guys who, you know, have fresh ideas, who aren't being boxed in by um, publishers. Mm -hmm. You know, no one's telling these guys what they can and can't do. Same with me. No one's telling me what I can and can't do with my character. So I just write the stories and... That's what these guys are doing, man. So Brilliant. get on board. You know, this is where we. And, and another thing is, I, I get, I always get a bit shitty when people get upset at the government because the government isn't funding the arts, right? Which, yes, on one hand, that's very important. You know what I mean? But on the other hand, I like to say to people, well, what are you doing to fund the arts? Sure, you can't fund a, a you know a university of music. You can't mm-hmm. do that. It's impossible. But you know what? You can back um, Ryan K. Lindsay's uh, Patreon. Mm. You can back, um, you know, Darren Close's new Killaroo Kickstarter. You can, you know what I mean? You can do shit like that. You can find the artists that you like and support them. Yep. You know what Definitely. I mean? So, and yeah, and Kickstarter, you know, you're getting original stories you're not going to find anywhere else. You're getting original voices. You're getting just about anything you want in a comic book you'll find on there. But more than that, yeah, there's movie projects. I backed a musical theater project in America called um, um, Teaching a Robot to Love or something like that, awesome. which I was like, that just sounds so goofy and fun, you know. Um, yeah, I've backed films on Kickstarter. Uh, I've backed games on Kickstarter. So, yes, okay, we can get upset with the government for not funding the arts, whether it's Australian government, the US government, the UK government, whatever government. Um, and we should. Get angry at them if they if it's all just becoming a, a military complex. Mm. But we can do a bit too, you know. Absolutely, guys, back a Kickstarter. Yeah, back a Patreon. Um, I mean, back an artist or back the work. You yeah, know? go yeah. go to a, go to a convention, pick up some comics. Yep. Go to I mean, we've got the geek markets in Canberra coming up in a few weeks, and there's some comic stuff there. But there's some jewel, you know, homemade jewelry stuff there. There's all sorts of shit. So, um, but having said that, make sure you back the two ads that. The guys came to me and put the ads on this uh, podcast just for you. And back your Kickstarter. And back my Kickstarter. Yeah, yeah. That's hmm. right. Yep. You should have stopped when I said the message at the very start of the podcast, um, the pre-recorded message that I've been putting on. You should have stopped then and backed the Kickstarter. I'm so, we're so close to opening the next stretch goal. Awesome. What's that? We're, we're literally something like $75 from the next stretch goal, which is... Um, a bonus pin-up page mm-hmm. um, of Lucifer Bimbom, the bad guy, drawn by Lauren Marshall, uh, an artist out of Perth. She's a really impressive artist. I love having her on board. And um, she actually works... Her job in Perth is designing beer cans for a company called Cheeky Monkey Brewery or something. Awesome. And, um, you know, she's got this... I'm not sure what the what, what exactly the beers are, what, you know. Um, but, 
yeah, yeah, she designs the artwork for the apple ciders and the beers and stuff. Oh, cool. So, yeah, guys, we're so close to unlocking that. So get on my pot, get on my Kickstarter and uh, links in the show notes, bitches. There we go. <laughs> awesome. And my two friends who had um, the adverts on there. Yes. Okay, Luke, what are we looking at, mate? <laughs> Eastman, Eastman and Larrods, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, number 19, Tim. Number 19. So mm-hmm. do we have a... Now... Remember how last week we said I was going to read the colour version? Yes. Let me tell you what the credits are. Right. Right? Yep. Which, which are wrong. Oh. The credits in my version says, Story and art by Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird. Oh. Colours by Tom Smith Scorpion Studios. Okay. So it doesn't that's talk it. about... That's it. That's all it says on this one. Right. Well, this one is um, 1989, March. Right. Right. And so we've got book one of Return to New York, story, Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird. Yep. Layouts, Kevin Eastman. Pencils, Jim Lawson. Inks, Peter Laird. Letters, Steve Levine. Levine loves the lettering gigs. He loves them. Cover, pencils, Eastman. Inks, Laird. Color, Levine. Oh, they're letting him out of his lettering box. Yeah. So there we go. Um, well, that's, that's bizarre. Why, why didn't they get into the, into the, into the details with yours? I don't know. Mine was just color reprints two decades later, I guess. They were just like, we ain't got time to research. Did you have the same page that I was just on at the very end of the comic? Uh, no. Yeah, right. It just, the, the, the colored reprints were just the story and ads. Right. Okay. That's a bit rough. New ads, not, not classic ads. Yeah. Yeah, right. Anyway. Front cover, how's yours look? I've got I've got colour in mine. Yeah, mine looks exactly the same. Yep, cool, cool, cool. So yeah. it's a, the grey... Now, this is the first... There's anarchy outside your apartment, dude. It's, like, it's like the kids from E.T. Yeah. It's 9.30. That's great. All right, good on you. Good on you, kids. Yeah. Youth. Give your parents hell. Um, <laughs> okay, so this is the first time on the cover what we've got is like a grey picture frame around the image instead of it being a a front and back cover oh right yeah yeah because yeah i don't that's it that's all i've got i've just got a one and this is a theme that we will see the next three issues okay because they call this book one of three yeah so these are treated with um a little bit more respect than those comic books yeah not those fucking funny books yes um yeah so we get into the book right well, I mean, I mean, just just with this front okay, yeah, image, yeah. Raphael having a bit of bit of a hard time. Yeah, yeah, he's back in the sewer. Looks to me like he's been beaten and left for dead. He does, or he looks like he's drunk. He's, we've got cans around him and oh, stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's funny. Return to New York, and this is what happens. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't look good, no. old Raph. Mm. Um, and so first double spe- double. Double page splash mm-hmm. is the cover image again. Exactly. And you've Pretty got that much. as well? Yep. Yeah, okay. It is. It's a double page spread. And it's funny, isn't it? Because like, this is probably the first spread from these guys where it's not an action scene. Yeah. It's, it, again, it's just uh, Raph kind of waking up or is he sleeping? I don't know. Yeah. Well, I'm going to start by saying, right, long-term listeners of this podcast, before we were doing it here on Anchor... Right, mm-hmm. when I was doing the podcast with my brother over on, I can't even remember the server we were using then. Jesus, I don't know. 
It's a while ago. Anyway, we started reviewing Game of Thrones. <laughs> so long-term listeners, you'll remember that. And I did not have a good time. I remember... I got bored with it very quickly. It was so funny because like you were opening... Uh, to that podcast was like you guys were happy and you were talking about pop culture and you know catching up and stuff and then um and then it'd be like okay <laughs> Game of Thrones episode eight yeah um, um, and I've got to be honest these last couple of months of reviewing these comics I've been feeling that yeah. just not having a good time yeah this comic right we're going to get into it mm-hmm. but before we even kick off. Kind of like last week how I said, I really like this racist comic. So in the discussion, maybe we might find some things I didn't like. There's one thing I didn't like about this comic. Already? No. Well, okay. we'll get into it. Yeah, yeah. But yes, it's to do with this opening panel. Yep. But we'll understand why later when we get into the story. Why you, know you I mean. don't like it? Yes. Okay, cool. Um, but this comic has brought me hope. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's a return to form. It is, yeah. You know, so we're, yeah. And so there's one thing that I would change, and we'll we'll get to that. Yeah. But apart from that, man, I'm going to say like Mortal Kombat, flawless victory, except <laughs> for one thing. Okay. I, I don't know if they, they say that on Mortal Kombat, flawless victory minus one thing. Um, it's funny though, isn't it? Because like, you know, return to New York, and in a way, we're returning to what. We want the turtles to be, and what we loved about the turtles in the first place. Yep. Like you can't take the turtles out of New York, yeah. um, and so this is almost like returning back to the good days. Yep. Can they do it though? Can you return home? Let's see. Mm-hmm. So then the next page we go to. Very interesting panel design here, mm. and I can see what they were going for. Um, you know, again, we've got Raphael unconscious or sleeping or something. Mm. And they're showing us, okay, so it's dripping on these uh, newspapers, but the date's on the newspapers, right? Sunday, December 19, do you reckon? Uh, December 23. Oh. oh, okay, up the top, December 23, 1988. Ah, yeah. Oh, so he's been there for a bit or do they... Oh, no, they flash back. So, yeah, yeah, you're right. December 23rd, 19-whatever. Yeah. Oh no, you look, you've got December, December. Yeah, December, December 23rd. December, December 19th. Ah, a couple of days earlier, then yep. we flash back. And then we're back into... Yep. So look, I can see what they were trying to do, but as, as you realise, yeah. me and you had to actually talk it through. Yeah. But still, the, the, the page looks great. It does. You know, it's, um, it's reminiscent of uh, Watchmen. Yeah. You know, like there's dripping onto dates and things. Yeah. It's, it's almost like popping action in where there's no action. Yeah. 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 Yep. Uh, it's almost like Peter, um, Kevin Eastman just wanting to really rustle it all up a bit. Yeah. And you can't, really. Like, the only action that's happening is a piece of water dripping on a paper. Newspaper, yeah. But we flash back. But then we're flashed back to <clears throat> 19, 20, 23, four days earlier. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Um, and Raph's holding a newspaper. Yep, right. and they're in the uh, the barnyard in the farm. Yep, mm-hmm. and we've got Michelangelo doing his training, we've got Donatello doing his tinkering, mm-hmm. and we've got Raphael doing his brooding. Mm. In a way, uh, this is issue number 19, this could have been issue 12. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. One year later, you know? So you've got uh, Raph 
saying, I can't stand it anymore, and he wants some recognition. And Don and Mikey are ignoring him. Now, I see that as, he's always saying, you can't do this anymore. He's mm-hmm. been saying it for three weeks. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That they're just not even paying attention. Then he's... Yep. Yeah, but him saying, are you deaf? This place is driving me crazy. Understand? But then what does Donnie say? Here we go again. So, yeah, yeah that's why they're not reacting, because they're just used to his shit. But thing is, up at, up to this point, you haven't... I mean, and again, like, Raph is saying, it's been a year, man, a whole freaking year, and we're still stuck here. And it's like, well, since then, you've you've kicked some local terrorist butts, you've yeah. gone time-travelling, yeah. you've found some time to go to China... You know, and it's just like, so are they saying none of that is canon? Yeah, yeah. You know? It's yeah. like going from Highlander, Highlander 2, right, and then Highlander 3 picks up straight after Highlander, so <laughs> we, we, we are disowning Highlander 2. Can you imagine being a fan of this back in the day and you're buying every single issue and you get this shit already, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, this is, this is basically the new Halloween. Like, number one, happened. Yep. What about number two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven eight, nine, two hundred and twelve? No. Number one and then the new one. And this one, that's it. Yeah. Uh, um, so can we assume, because, I mean, them in the barn and all this, and, you know, there's no, um, I don't think there's, like, any type of mistake here, because we do have Donatello tinkering. Yep. And we've got Michelangelo training. Yep. Just like they did in issue number 11. Yep. Yeah? So we have, this is going back. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Okay. I think so, yeah. Yeah. God damn it. It's almost like... <laughs> God damn it's it! It's almost like, I'm so sorry for the last 12 issues or whatever. I don't think they're even saying issues. sorry. Well, that's what they're saying. They're going, I'm so sorry, let's just forget about that. No, no, they're just going, is it? <laughs> <laughs> you pricks. It's yeah. like when your mum knew you did something wrong, but there was no evidence, and you'd just look at her and you'd go, what? Yeah. But I feel like Raphael being so angry, going, no, it's been a whole year, man. (laughs) This has been shit for a whole year. (laughs) Uh, And they wrap it up pretty, you know, they they bring us back to it. The Shredder came back and kicked our butts. Just, yeah, and I mean, look, and that's, and I've got no problem with that, um, Mm. what's the word? um, Well, uh, Exposition. Exposition. And it's a reset. It's but a that's reminder. what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. Because we've, we've just been through time travel. We've been to China in a racist story. We've been to fighting a robot that turned out to be a space princess. You know, all this stuff. But it's like, okay, let's remember. Yeah. Just just in case you've forgotten over the last eight issues, mm. this is why we're here. Mm. Mm. Right. Exactly. And it's interesting. Like, um, I mean, the story is really quite good because in the following panels, they, they really put together what we've sort of been saying for the last couple of weeks. And so whoever this fellow is here, I mean, is this Mike saying, Hey, hang on. Life is good here. Yeah, yep, that's it's Mike. given us time to heal, to accept what's happened. Leo's need this time too. Cause when you think about it, facing death, a, um, a year isn't that long to, to recover, yeah. to get back up on track psychologically as well. Oh yeah. And, 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 and that's like, um, yeah, it's true what you're saying. And yeah. Leo starts, <laughs> Um, Raf starts talking some smack about Leo. Mm. You know, um, mm. but even before then, they got Donnie in the background saying, "We're not the guardians of society, of society Raphael. We never were." Yeah. And that brings us back to, well, if they're not ninjas, um, they're not heroes. Yeah. They're not, and, and we've said it before that they, they don't proactively go out to stop stuff from happening. They either defend themselves or or they help others who are right in the vicinity. Yep. 
Um, but yeah, so they've, they need to recover and they're not going to go back to New York, just become heroes because that's not what they yeah. are. And we still don't really know who they are. Yeah. So Raph is saying, listen, we failed. How you can live with that? And I think it would have been good if they touched upon the word honor. Yeah. Because that's what got them into the trouble in the first place. Yeah. Like restoring honor from what Shredder did to Splinter's, Splinter's family. family. Yeah. yeah. And the turtles are just weapons to get honor back on track. Yeah. And they have failed. So what do they do? Do they lick their wounds and become something else? Or do they almost get back into the drama and the self-fulfilling tragedy of being ninjas who are trying to regain honor? Yeah. Okay. But what you're talking <clears throat> about right now mm-hmm. is you're talking about them as a group. Yeah. Okay. Now... Raph starts talking smack about Leo. Mm-hmm. You've got to remember, Leo is the one that was beaten half to death. Yep. You know, so even if Raph's saying, you know, at the first read through, because I read this through twice. I read the color version and then the black and white version. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, the first read through, I'm like, yeah, Leo's scared. You know, he can no longer lead us, right? And But then you're thinking about it and you say, well, fucking of course he's scared. Mm. Shredder literally beat him half to death. He was in a coma for how long? You know what I mean? So, of course he's scared. Of course he doesn't want to go back there. Yes, he's the leader, and maybe he's not living up to that, but let the dude recover emotionally. Mm. You know, post-traumatic stress syndrome and all that. Have you ever been beaten half to death, Raph? Not from what I've seen. In the movie, he was. Well, that's that's what I mean. In the movie, it was a flip side. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, But, yeah, you know. I also think, you know, on the one hand... If it wasn't for Raph's thinking about honor, why would you go back? Life is good. You're on a farm. Well, like, come on, we need to go back to New York City and live in this shitty sewer. Is it honor or revenge? Duh. Okay, so so Raph's talking smack, starts talking smack about Leo, mm-hmm. and then there's a slam, and then a very not very happy looking Leo. It's very Western, isn't it? Opens the door. Opens the the. The saloon now, door. I want to show you the colour page. Yeah, that looks good. It's freaking gorgeous, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's got Like, I read the colour one first, and then when I was reading through the black and white one and I got to that page, I was like... Nearly. Maybe, maybe I should have read the black and white one first, because just the colour yeah. really brings um, brings the brings the panel to life. You know? That's cool. I like it. It's a great panel. Again, frame it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll put that up on my wall. Um, okay, and then we get... The uh, typical Raph versus Leo argument. It's almost like yo know, in the movie where he says, "You know, well, what does he say when?" Well, which one? When um, Mike and Don are like, "Yeah, kitchen, kitchen, pork rind, pork, pork rind." rind. <laughs> they yeah. they also did it in uh, TMNNT. When yeah, they right. Were on the um, well, Leo and Raph, like they have that that fight in the yeah. rain on the top. Yeah. Yep. So they've always got this bristling sort of rivalry in terms of. Leading the group, yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, and and um, yeah. What's the problem, Raph? You heard me. You're the problem. Oh, Raph, mm. Oof, oof. So Raph wants to go back because he says we're dying here. We're rotting from the inside out, and it's funny because I don't, I don't see that. I think again, this environment is a lot more positive yeah. than living in a sewer. Um, but yeah, Raph wants to go back and I guess make the wrong things right. Yeah. And Leo says it's not time yet. And, um, I'll say when, when it is time to go and we'll go together. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, but I don't, and, and not that it's really indicated in the script, but it's me reading into it. I really don't, I'm really not upset at Leo for being scared. No. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yes, okay, we want we want our heroes to be heroes and stuff, but even if Leo is posturing as the team leader and saying, no, mm. we'll go when we're ready as a team, when really what he's saying is, oh, fuck, we'll go when I'm ready, man. Yeah. You know, I'm, I, I don't want to go and face that shit again. It's funny, isn't it? Because if this did happen to Raph in the comic book, we wouldn't have any of this. Yeah. Because he would have been, he would understand why you work together as a team and yep. you know he's he's learned all the lessons the hard way and like they do in the movie they'd go back as a unit solidified from their time you know in the country and all that and and really taking a bit of a measured growth step yeah whereas yeah. here it's all a bit out of whack yeah yeah because if anything this this time away has made raf more angry and more yeah. isolated yeah. And, yeah yeah i think it was a good choice for the film yeah you know to make it raf that was the one that was because he would have been the one to go out on his own not leo yeah because even at the beginning of the movie he yeah. goes off to see a movie by himself yeah. and all this sort of stuff yep yeah um yeah so we get a little bit uh raf gets a little bit push me shove you all right as he's as he's sort of getting in leo's face mm. calls leo a coward to his face this isn't a, a a dude ranch rehab clinic for down-and-out ninjas. We're hiding out here. Again, aren't you hiding out in New York in the sewers? Yeah. yeah. It's funny, though, isn't it? Because, like, rehab and, and all that sort of thing nowadays, there's no shame to that. If anything, you know, every second week, Ben Affleck's in one or, yeah. or Paris Hilton or whatever. So maybe back in the late 80s, it was a sign of weakness. What's an 80s action? Action hero. Schwarzenegger. Sloane. Yeah. Yeah. Those cats don't go to... Yeah. 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 Schwarzenegger just drinks a bottle of rum while he's yeah. machine gunning everyone down. Yeah. He doesn't need no rehab. That's yeah. the way a man does. Yeah. It's, yeah, that's true. Yeah. I think we're a, lo- a lot more liberal now. But yeah, yeah, but I mean, even having said that, you know, the, um, the fact that Leo does need to use the place as a bit of a rehab for injured ninjas, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Uh, did I say Raph or Leo? Le- oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but then, then the last panel on that page I actually really love where there's no background, there's just the four turtles. You go back up? Yep. Yeah. I'm going alone and you can just feel... No, it's no, such no. A- I'm going back. Dun, yeah. dun, dun. Alone. Alone. <laughs> um, but you can just feel the awkwardness of the situation. I think it was such mm. a great choice to not put any background in, just to have the four turtles just standing there being like, oh, fuck. Everything about this, it just, it just is so satisfying. It's like, oh, we're back to it, guys. The layouts from Kevin Eastman, like cinematic when you need them to be. And like you said, give it space. Our last um, yeah. uh, issue where it was all crammed in together and even the... That like you picked up the speech bubbles, they didn't even bother fitting them into yeah. the into the yep. cap into the squares. And but you know what else so far? How many pages are we in? Nine, Nine pages in. You know what else is so satisfying about this comic? Mm. Nothing but turtles. Yeah, turtles are front and center. Yeah, they're not playing second fiddle to a time traveling girl. They're no. not playing second fiddle to Bruce Lee. They're not playing second fiddle to whatever mm-hmm. you know, a space trolling princess. Yep. We've had nine pages of nothing but turtles. And they're back to their characters. And yeah. they lead, you know, the, the story is about them. Yep. 
Yep. Coming from them as well. Their, yeah. their internal conflicts and their relationships with each other. Yeah. Which is what we always wanted. That's right. Yeah. Uh, okay, now this was awesome. After that last panel of the four turtles just isolating their own little isolations, then to hear thump, 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 whoosh, thud. I said no. So good. And it looks a little bit awkward, but you can see what they're doing in terms of the camera pan. Yeah. You know, so thumping up behind Raph and we're going around him to while, see Leo. While Leo land. somersaults over him. Yeah. Yeah. So good, that sequence, man. And then we get a fight scene that's easy to follow, fluid. Beautiful. Choreographed. Yep. Enough space to get everything going. Yep. You know, you got uh, yeah, exactly, and you can see everything that's happening. You can see who's punching what, who's blocking what, who's mm. kneeing what. You know what I mean? He's got his um. Oh, we already established earlier that he's using a wooden sword. Did we? I'm sure we did. Well, yeah. it's obviously wood now, but was it before? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, I guess talk talk. But yeah, okay. In the coloured version, right? It's like it's grey metal. Oh, so wow. that's something the colorer did wrong. Because actually, yeah, especially at the end of this fight, at the end of this fight, Raph actually says that'll teach you to come at me with a wooden sword. Oh, probably should have said that before. But yeah, it's evenly matched. There's no waste of um, energy between yep. these fights. Yep, like everything is blocked or lands. But I will tell you though, like, and and it is. It's a great bloody five-page fight sequence. Mm. I'm wondering this whole time, what's Don and Mikey doing? Watching. Yeah, but I mean, wouldn't you just... Pork rinds. Pork <laughs> Exactly. Mm. Kitchen, kitchen. Pork rind, pork, <laughs> pork rind. Um, but yeah, I was just like, you know, surely even if you're not as good ninja as these two, wouldn't you at least be saying, guys, we're brothers? Nah, I think this is a long time coming. Yeah. And they're just letting them, you know, have at it. Yeah. Mm. Because... This has to happen at some stage. Like, if you're trying to d- distract them or pull them apart, this has to happen at some stage. And so why not just do it? Yeah. yeah. This is interesting, though. you got Raphael saying, you were always good, Leo. One of the best. One of what? One of them? <laughs> like, who's he comparing him to? Uh, foot soldiers. Yeah, okay. Foot soldiers, uh, space alien princesses, time-traveling little girls, and yeah. uh, the yeah. like. Yep. You owe us, man. Time to start paying. Hmm. Um. Brutal. Man, I could just, I could just look at these fight panels. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think artists today, professional comic book artists today could learn something about choreographing comic book fights from this. Yeah. And, you know, I've I've been reading a couple of very modern Batman uh, comics. Yeah. And they look amazing, like the um, the colour, the inking, everything about them. But they they don't really go into this. Yeah. And, and I'd rather, I guess it's a bit like manga um, and also a bit like in animation as well, where uh, less in terms of the design to concentrate more on the action, yeah. you know? Whereas, um, yeah, DC comic Monday ones anyway are very much into everything looking perfect yeah. to the sacrifice of actual any action. Yeah. A lot yeah. of standing around, a lot of talking, a lot of plots yeah. as opposed to yeah, right. this sort of stuff. Did you read that new Tom Taylor Batman yet? Yeah. I didn't get a chance yet. Yeah, it's good. I've got I've got my copy, but I haven't had a chance. It's to good, read but it. then it's almost like at the end, it it, it 
sort of, I mean, it ends on a, on a huh? Yeah. But it's like, why don't you lead into that yeah. as opposed to leaving it all into the last page? Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah, yeah. I think m- maybe, um, maybe, I mean, to me anyway, I think Tom Taylor's uh, built up a, a reputation as a writer mm. that it's like, okay, I can trust you to get us there. Yeah, right. Whether you decide to start with the wall or end the issue with the wall, I can, I can um, trust that you're going to get me where we're going. Yeah, cool. It was the same with um, this week. I, I pimped another friend's Kickstarter um, called Bloom Number Two. Mm-hmm. Now I got Bloom Number One in the mail just a few weeks before he launched his Kickstarter for two. Yeah, yeah. And um, and I read it, and that was again a really slow burn mm. but it had sort of an ominous feel to it mm. and the whole story is basically about it's in 1969 the hippie era there's this guy he wants to make a comic book and he's got this idea for a villain and one of the first female villains okay um, and she's going to be some you know uh uh what do you call it daughter of the earth type thing you know uh which lady poison ivy yeah sort of sort of like that yeah um more more pagan yeah, you know? shit. Um, and so he he just can't get the art right. He he start, he buys a mannequin, and tries to paint tattoos on the mannequin. It's it's not working. But then he they go to a you know a concert and there's this hippie girl that's just dancing mm. and he's just mesmerized and he's like, oh wow, she's fucking. This is what I need. Mm. And so he organizes a photo shoot with her. And so the whole story is basically the first issue. Is, is just like that. And then they go into the bush to do a photo shoot and then just at the, at the very end, you're like, whoa, of the first issue. Yeah, well. And then, yeah, but I've, I've read a bunch of this guy's, Ted's other books. Yeah. Um, which are about killer clowns and other things, you know, um, superheroes and stuff. And it's like, yeah, he's one of the few writers like Tom Taylor who I trust to get me there. Cool. Reading this first issue, which was which was a slow burn and a, feel, a bit of ominous feel over the top of it without really even revealing anything yet, mm. um, I'm, I'm like I'm in for the second issue good you know so Tom Taylor to me is the same as that that's interesting because like growing up I just read a Batman comic you yeah. know and it's only lately I guess especially with people like yourself and, and people I know on the internet who actually can identify the artists and identify the writers mm. yep. and then their body of work as well yeah. and, um, and again because with so many Batman stories and artists and writers, even in the same story, you know? Yeah. Like, I always just thought, I, I just never really got my head around the whole piece, you know? Mm. I just took it as it came. Yeah, well, I mean, and that's the thing is, like, I mean, I think you, even with Batman, you read it for a while, then mm. you dropped off, mm. decided to go get laid. Um, <laughs> and then when that didn't work, you got back onto Batman again. <laughs> and that's um, true, too. <laughs> yeah, but when, like, I've, I've been reading Captain America for 25 I'd, I'd have to, I'd have to do the maths. Maybe thirty years now. Yeah. Um, and I think I, you know, I, I started on such a team that I really enjoyed. That when things changed, I started to go, okay, why am I enjoying this as much? Yeah. What's happening here? Why doesn't that look as good? Why doesn't that story feel as good? And then realizing, oh, that's because ah, boom, boom, Andy Cubitt was doing this run. Now he's over there doing X Men, and this guy's doing this run. Maybe I'll go and read X Men because I really like what Andy Cubitt does. Good on you. you know, like, so started following, started following creators instead yeah. of just characters. Because I remember when Batman the movie first came out, I was like, "Oh, that looks amazing!" I'll start collecting the comics. And then the comics, the first Batman comic I got was like all silence, and it was um, all these men dressed as Batman 
being you know corpses getting pulled in out of rivers and things so it yeah. was really odd so yeah. that was a weird way for me to get on board and then really i can count on one hand the number of comics that really i i liked yeah. in, in batman yeah. and they were graphic novels yeah. i mean you know the um the killing joke and and well batman versus predator which was i think Kilbert or whatever. Uh, Kilbert. Kilbert, yep. Amazing art and great story. But yeah, the one-offs and yeah. um, the actual soap opera stuff mm, didn't, mm. didn't like very yeah. much. Yeah. But yeah, it's uh, so I think you had a much more successful readership of Captain America than I did with Batman. Mm. That being said, Spider-Man, awesome. <laughs> 90 Spider-Man you could follow. Yeah. And it was great. Well, I, I, I was collecting X-Men comics for years Ooh. with this attitude of hopefully next issue will be good. Oh, yeah. Hopefully next issue will be good. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. And it was, thank you, Marvel, for publishing such shitty X-Men comics through the 90s. Um, I mean, there was, some, there, was some, there was some gold in the 90s. I'll say that. But mm. thank you for publishing so many shitty books with X on it um, that, yeah, you got me t- interested in the, the, the creators that I enjoy and the creators I want to follow. So Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you did. So good. Yep. Hmm. Okay. Uh, I I just like the brutality of this. Oh, the, because... and that's why I was thinking. You know, it, it's the brutality of it that would mm. make me think that even Mike and Donnie would be like, not eating pork rinds, <laughs> but they would be like, "Come on, hey guys, come on." Well, wasn't it uh, a couple of earlier issues where Raph just picks up a spanner yeah. to go to work on Mikey, and I think that's when they step in, but. It's interesting, isn't it? Because they don't have... They're not really using their weapons. Leo's got a... Like, like you said, a, a wooden, wooden sword. sword. Yeah. But um, you can do this sort of thing in the movies. I mean, do you remember Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2? Where they said, Oh, you can't use your weapons. Yeah. You need to use... Sausages. Hot dogs. So yeah. Just a fist fight is enough. I was like... Oh. And it looks awesome. Like, hand-to-hand fist fighting. Raphael did some awesome work on the top of the building in the first movie. Yeah. Obviously, it didn't yeah. work very well for him. But, yeah. But, um, yeah, good old fist fight still looks really good on screen. I was like more of that Cabanossi, Cabanossi work, guys. Cabanossi? It's with Michelangelo fighting with Cabanossi oh, sticks. Oh, shit. Yes! Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. like, yeah, more of that Cabanossi stuff, guys. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, actually, and you're right, because we go through this fight and it's not until Raph actually throws Leo through a wall mm. and Leo's hurt. And that's when the brothers are like, oh, come on. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So he chucks him through a wall? Yeah. Next page? Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, man. And look how that is all spelt out. Like that's that's um, World Wrestling Federation. That's awesome. And also, it's reminiscent again of issue number 11, where uh, Mikey just, you know, is thumping the barn door wall yeah. and, and smashes through it. Yeah. And see, and then that's when we've got Don running to Leo's aid. Mm. Mikey is going to try and talk some sense into Raph, but Raph's just like, fuck you. Yeah. I also like how it establishes that, and again, it's like in the movie TMNT, just you know, Raph is obviously the better fighter because he just of his brute strength. Uh, it's almost like Smart Hulk is weaker than <laughs> Dumb Hulk. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't make him a better leader than Leo. Yeah. You don't necessarily yeah. have to be a better fighter to be the leader. You just have to be measured. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And then, yeah, he leaves the group. He leaves his brothers. Yeah. He chooses to walk off alone in the, in the snow. I wonder what it's like for a turtle to walk into the snow. You'd be dead in about five steps, I reckon. But they, these are mutants. 
Because they're cold-blooded or something. Mm -hmm. I get confused which blooded. What, they're cold-blooded? Cold-blooded means you die in the cold? Yeah. But fish are cold-blooded and the ocean's cold. (laughs) (laughs) I walked into that one. But no, aren't turtles reptiles? Yeah. Well, there we go. Or are they amphibians? Fuck. Tortoises. These, in real life, would be ninja tortoises. They would be, yeah. You fucked us, <laughs> Eastman. Laird. No, um, uh, no, well, you know, like a crocodile and all those, they, 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 they need to say, soak up the rays, right? That's why, again, stick to the farm. Jesus. Anyway. Yep. So, um, so then, I guess we're in New York. We're in New York. We're on... in the sewers four days later. That's right. Okay. And so we've got Raph... Unconscious in the thing again? Yep. No, he's not. Well, no, he's having he's sleep. Not, but now he's not there. He's having a nap. No, but look. Now there he's he is. not there. There he is. No, but look up in the panel above. Yeah. He's not there. Oh, he's a, he's a ninja. He's a ninja and he disappeared. Yep. But then he, then he climbs out. So what was he doing in that very first panel? Having a sleep. Just sleeping? Yeah. Looks very dramatic. Yeah, he looked like he'd been beating shit out of him. Nah, uh, that's it. He's having, he's having a sleep. So was he sleeping or was he hiding? I mean, he was sleeping. He doing? Sleeping. See, this is my problem with it. Yeah, it's not He great. looked like he had shit beaten out of him. He does. Right? And well, maybe we're getting to that. We're not. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think he was sleeping. It looks a little bit more tragic than anything That's what else. I mean. It's like, yeah. well, okay. Come on, guys. Yeah, lift it up. But that's my only fault. You know what is I mean? Is that it? Like, that, that he was... They set it up to, for us to think that he got a shit beat out of him, but all he was doing was sleeping. Fake news. Fake news. Fake news. Fake news, 1989. Mm-hmm. Nothing new, Trump, little bitch. <laughs> um, we got some visual storytelling here. And, and pages and pages of silence. Is that good? As ninja should be. Mm. We've said it before in other, uh, other uh, issues where, you know, seeing the ninjas fight, and especially when ninjas fight ninjas, everything's so quiet. Mm. That's what I loved about Leo's flip over Raph. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but see, we've got this foot looking over his shoulder. But he sees nothing and he keeps running. Yeah, yeah. But is right. that going to come into play later? I love the layout here. Again, you've got foreground, you've got background of a ninja falling. Yep. And even though there's obviously four of them, it's almost like an animation where you see... The one character. Yeah. Yeah, actually, I, I, yeah. Now you mention it, I, I didn't think that when I watched it. But, but it's giving you the flow, it's giving you the speed, yeah, it's giving you, man. yeah. See, and this is just such beautiful um, pacing. Mm. You know what I mean? They're, they're making you each of these silent pages. Again, you know, Eastman's layouts. Mm. Is that what it said? Eastman's layouts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Definitely. He's forcing your eye to look at what he wants you to look at. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's so good. It's so good. That, but also you're getting the speed. Yeah. 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 Like, look at this. Like, you've got three panels here at the top of page 21. 21 yep. Where you, you get the feeling of, of um, like, patience and time yeah. and then suddenly speed yep. with Wrath jumping, yep. you know? And then landing very quickly and very hard. Yep. Um, all that. It's great. But... Ambushed. Well, he sprung the trap. He kind of knew. Yeah. Yeah. So he's doing what Leo should have done last Christmas. He's doing what Leo would do next week <laughs> if you just let him get over his PTSD. Yeah. If you get him a couple of um, appointments with a psychiatrist. Yeah. Right? Or, or even like a wellness 
guru, mm-hmm. a spa. Yeah, that's right. A manicure. Who thought to give him a weekend at a day spa? Yeah. Put some mud on his face. Get, It'll be fine. Put his feet in the thing with the fish that eat the dead flesh off your feet. Yep. Yep. You know yeah. what I mean? And then he would Brothers. be doing this. Yeah. Then he would I, be doing uh, this. I like uh, Raph's little smile at the end of 22. Yeah. And and that's the difference between him and Leo. Yep. 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 So, yeah, like, as you said, like, I said he's been ambushed. And, yeah. and, and but no, he hasn't. He's, he on purposely set the trap because he wants yeah. to kick all their asses. And kick they ass, he does. Well, the thing is, yeah, he <laughs> wants to kick their asses. But I think, you know, when he returns back to New York, this is what this means. Like, getting back into it. Um, Yeah. Oh, and we can we can get the sense that there's a bit of bit of violence going on. Yeah, we got a little bit of blood and all that. Yeah, and it comes down to one last foot soldier who tries to do a runner. Your move, Spud. Could it tried harder there? Okay, Levigny. Now, bottom of page twenty-four, which you're on. Mm-hmm. Oh, that one. Yeah, yeah. So he's throwing a ninja star, but it mm-hmm. really looks like he's putting his finger in Raph's asshole. It does, and also in a it's just really a, just weird a, little way. Yeah, just an unfortunate uh, composition there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's a it shame. doesn't look any better in the colour panel either. Oh. Yeah, Especially let me, with let me the, zoom in for that for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that is a shame. That is a yeah. big shame. Especially since, um, you know, talking about space, he's throwing a shuriken. Yeah. Um, and you could have... When you're when you're giving those speed lines as well, yeah, uh, I think that's a little bit. Um, he was forcing it. Yeah, that's a shame. Um, and look, but Ugh. that panel only comes from me having watched way too much porn in my lifetime. No, no, I got it. You know what I mean? But yeah, I mean, I look, it. you've probably watched way too much porn in your lifetime yeah, as well. Yeah. But to a regular human being, Luke, <laughs> I think they would think nothing of it, and they'd just go along with the carry flow, on, which yeah. is cool. Which is cool. Um, and then the second last panel is just. Shack. Also, sorry, with this page, again, Raph is taking no prisoners. Yeah. He's, this dude is pretty much unarmed. He chases him down and, and kills him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but he's a bit worn out. He's out of practice, bitch. Mm. You know what I mean? Like he, he's talking to himself, but he can, he can barely say a sentence because he's winded. Yeah. Which I like. Again, I like. It's these little touches that just make the story a bit more real. You know, because if it was Captain America, Captain America never gets winded. He'd just walk his way through the sewers and kick everyone's ass. You think he's winded? Yeah. Yeah. Look how he's saying those... That, yeah, it takes him four panels to say one sentence. Well, it's because he's moving as well. Very quickly. He's going up, he's moving Yeah, but through. I see him as saying more, puff, puff, coming, puff, puff. I see this, puff, puff, way. More coming this way. Because he's he's proactive. He's going he's going head on with them. Yeah. Okay. Well, See, well, now he's running. Yeah. Well, let's keep going. But I mean, I, look, maybe I'm interpreting it wrong. But I liked thinking that, you know, he's so confident in himself, he's ignoring his own body. Yeah. Right. Well, no, I see this as again time and speed. Because he's he's down, then he's climbing, then he's up. Now he's running. Yeah. But I mean, how long does it take to? Okay. He's on the dead body. Right? Yeah. He climbs up that ladder. But that's what I'm saying. He's doing it very quickly. It'd take a long time climb a ladder and then walk down to the next tunnel. Mm. You're going to tell me he does that in the time it says more, more coming, coming this, way. this way. Like two seconds. You think those four panels happen in two seconds? No, not two seconds. 
but not not wheezing up and going over. <laughs> That's how Peter Laird would have laid it out. <laughs> and now there's 45 ninjas coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're and it's almost like they're marching or they're having a little quick like a jog, like a military yeah, jog. Yeah. But Wrath is just running, palming along. And the way that he's running uh, with his arms away from yep. that, that's what they do in the uh, in the anime in the um, Nickelodeon animation animation, yeah. But then we get up to Raph really almost launching. Um, it looks like he's about to just the way he's running. He's got like a fist ready to go. Yeah. Well, look, I I, I see it as him giving his all. Yeah, absolutely. Um, look, it's been a while since I've been in a fist fight. Yeah. But. When you're giving your all in a fist fight, mm. you get winded quick. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And that, that's all I was saying. Not that he's like some rugged old man, but he's just, no. he's giving his all. He's not in quite, you know, they've spent a year in a farm, mm. you know? Training. Or and going also, on time travel adventures yeah. and, and, and not fighting aliens. And taking and, out, uh, you know, terrorists and I had a busy time. Yeah. Going to China. Time. Yeah. Know. Mike's been writing in his bedroom. Yeah, yep. Anyway. Uh, yeah, look, he's leaping up over them. He's just cracking each of yep. them down. It's, fr- it's friggin' amazing. I love it. Yeah. I love it. And you can see that he's... I mean, he loves being home. He loves doing this. And he loves being away from that fucking farm. And yeah. so he's he's just releasing all of his pent-up energy and aggression. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, he's lost a sigh. He's stuck there to someone. Yep, he's a machine. Yeah. And just because he's a machine, Luke, doesn't mean he wouldn't get a bit puffed. No. But look, snorting, going more. But the thing is, he's not running away. He's actively chasing these guys down. And then he he comes across an an area. See, so how do you (laughs) explain... Again, I'm going to harp on this point. Yeah. How long do you reckon it takes him to say that? Wait, not foot, something else, that smell, so strange, yet familiar, can't place it. I just think he's yeah a healthy dude who's just a little out of touch. No, oh, I just, I just see it again as like, foot, something else, that <laughs> smell. <laughs> you know, he's thinking. I don't see him as being winded at all. Yeah. We'll see, but now he's not even... He's just thinking. But no, he's not. He's, he's talking out loud. He's not even making sentences. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. So what do you think that means? When was the last time? Okay. How did, how did you go, you and um, David went up Mount Kosciuszko? Yeah. Yeah. Did you get puffed? Yeah. You know, like... Because we're not ninjas. Yeah, but... Yeah. You know, you get puffed and you'll be like... I get puffed when I fucking... Well, but see, okay, if he's puffed, why don't they pop a couple of the puffs in there? Like panting. Well, that's puffing. what the dot, dot, dot is. Is it? That's what I th- see. No, as. I see it as him thinking. Okay, when I write... Like going, what the fuck? When I write, I, I put the puffs and things in. Yeah. Okay, but I'm just saying, like, it's just like not... You know what I mean? You've so just strange. been running for 45 minutes. Yet you just been, You've just been fighting for 45 minutes. Of mm. course you're going to be a bit puffed. Okay. Yeah, you just took out... Four ninjas mm-hmm. and then forty-five ninjas. Yeah, of course you're going to be a bit puffed. Oh. There's nothing to be ashamed of. They're teenagers. And you keep pushing forward. You keep pushing forward. That's what American gladiators do. Sure. You know, like those shows. Yeah. 
toughest man in the world. When he pulls a truck, he gets puffed, he but has, he still pulls a truck. He has had a good sleep. <laughs> with his with his little newspaper, <laughs> looking like a Darrow. Uh, anyway, so he's in a clearing, um, smelling something coming out of sewage. Well, something that's yeah, bubbling. Yeah. Well, bubbling. I guess there's some um, air being released. Anyway, so a great big thing stands up out of the water. And then what he looks. What could it be? No, it's swamp thing or man thing. Could be um, Gorzira. Gorzira, let them fight. And then we've got almost like a um, callback to Leo getting slashed from Shredder. Ooh, but, right. But this is a dissolve. Yeah. What they say in film language. So we're getting looking up into some saliva in Raph's mouth. Which then turns into a splash on the ground. A splash of snow. Mm-hmm. And then we have three ninjas running in the snow. Well, three Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Three Ninja Turtles, that's yeah. right. Yeah, so they're, they're back in New York too. Right, so they've obviously haven't heard from Raph in four days. Mm-hmm. Decided, right, we better go check up on him. And this looks like the beginning of the... Um, well, actually, no, no. But yeah, I was going to say the, um, the cartoon... But they're bursting out of the sewer. These guys now are from the from the highs going down going into down. a sewer. Yep. And you'd think almost like, okay, we're going back to our BAU. This is what the turtles do. And it looks a little bit... It, it doesn't look triumphant. Yeah. It looks a bit, oh, shit, going back down to the sewer. Yep. Fuck you, Raph. <laughs> and then we go down, we see the newspaper that's got 25th of December. All right. So Christmas is, Day. Oh, so it's been a full year yeah. since Leo got his ass handed pick to that him. Up. I didn't pick oh, that up. Very so, nice. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, the turtles, the other three turtles are going through the um, their old stomping grounds. We see a rat here, which makes me think, what about Splinter? Which again, though, yeah, and I get it, mm. but I don't care about Splinter right now. Well, We've he, even had Splinter. But he's the father of these guys. Yeah, but look, I don't want the turtles... Right now, mm-hmm. I don't want the turtles playing second fiddle to anyone. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Just give me turtles. Thank you very much. You're doing a great job. And that being said, when was the last time we saw Splinter anyway? That's a good question, but I don't care. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, fair <laughs> enough. Okay. And so they're going back to their old Hideout. home. Old home, yeah. Because they, did they get... So they got moved out of their old home because of the mouses. And yeah. that's when they started living with, with April. Yeah. So, yeah, they're going all the way back, aren't they? Yeah. Yep, a secret entrance. Secret entrance. Mm-hmm. Which looks amazing. I love the detail again yeah, in all this. Yeah, it's gorgeous. And, um... And then we got... Oh, Raph's there. Hey, welcome home, boys. Mm-hmm. Um, so what does he say? Um, I knew you'd show up sooner or later. I have a plan and a little help. What little help? Dun, 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 dun. We have a reveal of a Triceraton. There we go. Dun, dun, dun. Another nice double page spread. Very nice double page. And that is the end of the story. Mm-hmm. So that is our return to New York book one. Mm-hmm. I liked it, Luke. I liked it a lot. I did too, but... No buts. Where did this guy come from? Who? The Triceratops. Well, I'm sure we'll find out next issue. Yeah. Okay. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, we just, just returned to New York. 
okay. Next one's going to be New York to Electric Boogaloo. Woo! You know, from memory, right? The last time they saw these guys was when they were running with the Krang or the Ultrons getting onto a, um, you know, a, a, a transmat. So how did this guy follow them? Well, look, let's just have faith. Okay. 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 Let's just have faith and see what happens next issue. Okay. Where in my copy, we've got a little bit of a blurb from signed by Kevin and Peter. Yep. But I'm sure it's written by Peter. Yep. Because it goes into how, you know, we've got our, you know, serious turtles on one hand and we've got our wacky turtles on the other. Yep. Um, you know, what should we do? Do we owe the fans anything or should we just do nothing and let these two properties go their way? without popping a label on their comic, um, meaning, you know, parental advisory, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And so they go into a big, long explanation saying that they don't think that they need to do anything to their comics in terms of labeling and that they, you know, people have got their own um, choice with what they buy. Yeah. The same as if they've got their own choices of what to print. Yeah, right. Which is just, you know, why even bother explaining that? And, um, yeah, some, some cool art about Return to New York Book 2, where it's looking pretty bloody good. Yeah, you've got uh, a Triceraton and a Foot Soldier. Yep, and a Ray Gun. And a Ray Gun. Okay, I'm just trying to find... Uh, where was it? In the backup um, of, the, of the black and white reprint that I've got, mm-hmm. yeah, they have the annotations by Eastman and Laird. Yep. Um, because they explained exactly what's happening for the next three issues. Oh, right. Um, as far as just art and and, and that sort of thing, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, take the three covers, for example. I'm pretty sure this is Kevin Eastman. Yep. I'm pretty sure I did the layouts and pencils. Pete did the inks, and Steve Levigne did the colours. That's for all three of the next three issue covers. Cool. For the interiors, both Pete and I liked the idea that Jim Lawson would be the binding element by doing the pencils for all three books. Mm. But I would do the layouts for all of book one, Pete would do all of book two, and we'd each do parts of book three. Then Pete would ink book one, Eric would ink book two, and I would ink book three. Yeah, right. So, to me, that says... Kevin did the layouts of book one. Mm-hmm. No, I'm sorry, I'm all confused now. I yeah. hope they just keep it the same because that was great. Yeah, no, they they shake it up. God damn it! Okay, I'm going to read it again. Yep, do it again. Just take the three covers for example. I'm pretty sure I did the layouts and pencils. Pete did the inks, and Steve Levigne did the colors. For the interiors, both Pete and I liked the idea of Jim Lawson would be the binding element by doing the pencils for all three books. Right. But I would do the layouts for book one. Mm-hmm. Pete would do all of book two, mm-hmm. layouts. Yeah. And we'd each do different parts of book three. Oh. Then Pete would ink book one, Eric would Talbot book two, and I would ink book three. This could have easily been a perfect recipe for disaster. I can see in your face you think it's the worst. This could easily have been the perfect recipe for disaster, but I think it worked out very well. Well, just, you know, if you've got book one of three, just wrap up this stuff, 
Just stick to it. Yeah. You know, just stick to this awesome little recipe and then do all your nutty stuff afterwards, which they will do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then it actually does, it um, in, in Peter Laird's annotations, it actually goes into a bit of um, the plot of what's coming in the next two issues, but we won't go into that because ah. we want to deal with that when we deal with it. Okay, cool. Um, they so, they yeah. don't talk about their relationship or anything at this point? Uh, no, in, like... <laughs> Um, Kevin Eastman's um, annotations was like a whole page of text um, mm. and Peter Laird's was like a third of a page. You Fair know, enough. I, I think at the time of these reprints, they weren't friends anymore. Yeah. You know, and Kevin Eastman is trying to bring joy and happiness to his memories and Peter Laird's just like, yeah, just the way it is. <laughs> Shit. You know what I mean? But um, Oh, well. Great issue. I liked it. I, I really it. liked it. And I don't know if it's worth going through those last eight issues of... Uh, Chaos. No. But. It really wasn't. But it w- this is a good issue. There are a couple of good ones in the in the last. Uh, I liked Mikey's story about going back to the Japan. Um, yeah. You know, it was fun to have that schlocky, um, you know, issue number 18 of going to China. Yeah. Yeah. That was fun. Was... But again, th- those two, well, they're perfect to be out of volume one. Yeah. It could have been tails yeah, off. Yep, yep. But you're right, I reckon th- this should have been one year later, yep. you know, and that's all you needed. Yep. Yeah. Agreed. Mm. Uh, any other closing comments? It's It's been a, been a journey to get back to this, and it almost feels like they have succumbed a bit into giving um, the audiences, the fan base, uh, signing off of Shredder. You know, returning to New York, giving us what I, what we want. When I say us, I mean yeah. the audience 30 years ago. Yep. Before they can go, right, we've done it. Now we can go off and concentrate on the business, concentrate on the movies and, and the cartoons. Yep. Like, thanks for coming and yeah. getting us into the here. Because again, with this little um, note from from both of them saying how, you know, the, the turtles have evolved um, and into different things. Yeah. So at this point, you you do have a splintered and a fractured fan base. You've got the Joss Whedons versus the Zack Snyders. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so this is almost like a fine, fuck it. We'll we you know we'll give this to the original fans, and then we'll go off and yeah. continue our evolution of the turtles. Yep. Yeah. But I've enjoyed this comic probably oh. the best one I've read in. As far as I can remember, Luke. Yeah, it's been a while. Back since I was a child. Oh, God. <laughs> and that's the thing. I never read this as a child. Yeah. The Turtles finished broken and beaten, uh, giving April O'Neil breakfast in bed in the farm. I stumbled across some stuff at my house. All oh, right. Three old Archie comics with the, the Archie Ninja Turtle comics. Awesome. Um, like issues, it was something like issues seven, eight, and nine or something. Shit. Tattered. Oh, Dude, yeah, that's the way I used to do it. Yeah, uh, and look, pages has faded a bit yellow. Mm-hmm. But, oh, so good. No, love them. So We're gonna have to get into those as well. Yeah, we will. Yeah. We will at some point. I think. Yeah, because we'll, we'll. I mean, in, in the annotations um, of this issue, Kevin Eastman said that the um, the Archie comics had started. Yeah, right. This this early in the game. Shit. It's crazy. Yeah. It, no, to, it, to go along with the cartoon, because it's the cartoon turtles. Because I've got number one, and um, 
It is. It's a pure copy. Yoink. Of, not anymore. <laughs> it's a pure copy of the of the comic of the TV series, the cartoon, and then it starts splintering yeah. away from the cartoon yeah. with the cowlick and all this sort yeah. of stuff. Okay, because the three issues I've got aren't. Um, Adaptions of the cartoon series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but they're in that style. Mm. Um, from memory, one of them is about the space wrestling. Um, yes, yeah, yeah. Which made me think of the Triceratons. Yeah. 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 You know, it's all... Like, again, the gold nugget is in the first 11 issues of, of this run. That they keep on just recycling and referencing... Well, since, un, until Nickelodeon. Well, but I mean, even though if you're entertaining kids in a cartoon, though... Mm. We don't mind space wrestling dog with four arms. No, of course not. You know what I mean? But, yeah, yeah. But for us, we're just like, yeah, keep it in, keep it in the sewers, bitch. Yep. Yeah, yep, but. yep. All right, guys. Well, thanks for listening. Um, again, don't forget to check out all the Kickstarters and the links in the show notes and all that. Um, social medias, Big Tim Styles on everything, themovieclub.net on everything. Um, thanks for listening, guys, and be good to each other. This was a Turtle Boy podcast.